ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد So last time when you remember we were discussing La ilaha illallah and some of the meanings of it and we mentioned that there are seven conditions associated with La ilaha illallah and we mentioned what those were in brief but today we'll go through those seven conditions in a bit more detail mentioning some evidences for each of the conditions so the first one ash-shart al-awwal al-ilm bi-ma'naha nafyan wa ithbatan al-munafi lil-jahl the first condition associated with la ilaha illallah is having knowledge knowledge in terms of understanding the negation and affirmation knowledge in terms of understanding the negation and affirmation and this knowledge it opposes ignorance that you cannot be upon ignorance when it comes to la ilaha illallah you cannot be upon jahl when it comes to understanding la ilaha illallah so a person must have knowledge wa dhalika bi an ya'lam man qalaha annaha tanfi jami'a anwa' al-ibadah an kulli man siwallah وتثبت ذلك لله وحده so the knowledge that a person needs to have regarding the shahada is about the affirmation and the negation the fact that when you say there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah the first part of that statement is a negation the second part is an affirmation in your negation there is no deity worthy of worship in truth you are negating the fact that there could be any other deity worthy of worship besides allah you are rejecting them all all other so called deities all other so called deities whatever the people may worship whatever type it may be whether it is the stones or the trees or the sun or the moon or the stars whatever they may worship besides allah all of it from the first of it to the last of it is rejected that is the negation la ilaha 
There is no deity worthy of worship in truth. Illallah except Allah. So you are affirming, you are affirming that Allah has the right to be worshipped in truth. And you are negating anyone else, anything else from having the right to be worshipped in truth. And by doing that affirmation and negation, that is what brings about the reality of the meaning of La ilaha illallah. The reality of Tawheed is to affirm and to negate. You cannot have Tawheed, you cannot have the correct meaning of La ilaha illallah if you only do one of the two. You must do both in order to achieve the correct meaning and understanding and knowledge of La ilaha illallah. You must negate all other so-called deities besides Allah and you must affirm the worship sincerely and purely to Allah alone. That is the first condition of La ilaha illallah, knowledge. Knowledge in terms of the affirmation and the negation. And this is something which is evidenced throughout the Qur'an. In different parts of the Qur'an, Allah makes this exact same point. And we see the affirmation and the negation in many parts of the Qur'an. So when Allah told us that He sent prophets and messengers throughout history to the various nations and the different peoples, Allah told us that those prophets and messengers that were sent throughout history, all of them did this affirmation and negation. Allah said in the Qur'an, وَلَقَدْ بَعَثْنَا فِي كُلِّ أُمَّةٍ رَسُولًا that we sent to every nation a messenger preaching, worship Allah, affirmation, worship Allah alone, and stay away from the false deities, that is a negation, every prophet and messenger, came with this message of Tawheed, came with La ilaha illallah, affirmation of worship to Allah alone, negation of worship to anyone or anything else besides Allah. Every prophet and messenger came with that message. In the Qur'an also, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us that the prophets explicitly mention this to their people when they would say to them Ya Allah Ma lakum min ilahin ghayruh O people worship Allah affirmation worship Allah make your worship sincere and pure to Allah 
مَا لَكُمْ مِنْ إِلَٰهٍ غَيْرُهُ You do not have any other deity to worship besides Him. Negation. Affirmation, negation. Affirming worship Allah alone, negating the worship of anything besides Him. You do not have any other deity to worship besides Him. Meaning there is no other deity deserving of worship in truth. In other parts of the Qur'an, Allah told us, وَاعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ وَلَا تُشْرِكُوا بِهِ شَيْئًا Worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone and do not associate any partners to Him. Worship Allah alone, affirmation. وَلَا تُشْرِكُوا بِهِ شَيْئًا and do not associate anything to Him. Negation. And that is, the knowledge of Tawheed, of affirmation and negation that you see throughout the Qur'an. If a person only does one of the two, it cannot be considered Tawheed. If you affirm the worship to Allah, but you don't negate it from others besides Allah, that's not Tawheed. Or if you negate the worship from everything and don't even affirm it to Allah, that's still not Tawheed. You have to negate it from all others and affirm it to Allah alone. That is the Tawheed and that is the first condition of La ilaha illallah, understanding this knowledge, understanding that only Allah has the right to be worshipped alone and all other deities besides him do not have the right to be worshipped in truth. Why do we say they do not deserve to be worshipped in truth? Because people do worship them upon falsehood. Upon falsehood, people do worship other deities. How many people they worship so many different gods, the Hindus, the Sikhs, and this god and that god. Upon falsehood, People worship other deities. We're not negating that these other so-called deities exist. These so-called deities exist. But they are all false. None of them are actually a deity. None of them are actually deserving of worship. They're all false gods. So that's why we say that there is none to be worshipped in truth. As for in falsehood, People around the world do it. In falsehood, they all worship these false deities, so many people. So we say there is none to be worshipped in truth except Allah. Only Allah is the one deserving of worship in truth. All of these other deities the people across the world worship, all of them are only being worshipped upon falsehood, not upon truth. وَنُثْبِتُ ذَلِكَ لِلَّهِ وَحْدَى كَمَا فِي قَوْلِهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدُ وَإِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ In every prayer you say it, إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدُ وَإِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ You alone we worship and you alone we seek aid and assistance from you alone we worship and you alone we seek aid and assistance from. You alone. 
affirmation of worship to Allah alone. You alone we worship. And you alone we seek aid and assistance from. You say it in every single prayer, in every single rak'ah, five times a day in the prayers, 17 times in all of the rak'ahat, minimum. وَقَالَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى فَعَلَمْ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Allah told us in the Qur'an as well, have knowledge and know that there is none deserving of worship in truth except Allah. Allah told us to know that and have knowledge of that. فَعَلَمْ Allah says, know, have knowledge. Have knowledge of this, أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا Allah, That there is no deity deserving of worship and truth, except Allah. In another ayah, إِلَّا مَنْ شَهِدَ بِالْحَقِّ وَهُمْ يَعْلَمُونَ Those who testify to the truth and they know what is the testification to the truth? إِلَّا مَنْ شَهِدَ بِلَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Meaning testification to the shahada. Testification that there is none deserving of worship in truth except Allah. وَهُمْ يَعْلَمُونَ مَعْنَا مَا شَهِدُوا بِهِ فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ وَأَلْسِنَتِهِمْ and that they know what they are saying. Allah tells us in the Qur'an, they testify to the truth and they know what they are saying. Meaning they have knowledge. They have knowledge of what this tawheed is, they have knowledge of what they are testifying to. They understand what La ilaha illallah is. In a hadith in Sahih Muslim, Hadith of Uthman ibn Affan radiyallahu anhu. He said that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Man mata wa huwa ya'lamu annahu la ilaha illa Allah, dakhala al-jannah. Whomsoever dies knowing, having knowledge, that there is none deserving of worship in truth except Allah, having knowledge of that, and then obviously practicing and implementing that. Whoever dies having knowledge of that will enter paradise. Again, highlighting to us the point of having knowledge. So that is the first thing, the first condition, the first aspect of the shahada, la ilaha illallah, to have knowledge in terms of affirmation and negation, which then nullifies and gets rid of the ignorance. If you don't have knowledge, what do you have? Ignorance. So by having that knowledge about the affirmation, the negation, it removes your ignorance about la ilaha illallah. And that's the first thing. Have knowledge and get rid of that ignorance. Be upon knowledge of what Tawheed is, of what the affirmation and the negation is, of what the da'wah of the prophets and messengers was. 
The second condition. الشرط الثاني The second condition اليقين المنافي للشك والريب To have absolute certainty in this tawheed to have absolute certainty that there is none worthy of worship in truth except Allah have absolute 100% certainty in that in order to remove if you have absolute certainty then it removes any doubt that you may have to remove and to quash to squash that doubt you must be upon absolute certainty in the shahada أي أن يكون قائلها موقنا بها يقينا جازما لا شك فيه ولا ريب. Meaning that the person who says لا إله إلا الله, there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah, says so upon absolute certainty in his words. Absolute certainty, no doubt in that. Could there be, could there? No. No certain, uh, doubt, there is no doubt at all. The person is upon yaqeen. Absolute certainty in what he says. There is no room for any movement in his heart, no room for any doubts in his heart, no room for any shortcomings, whispers, Rather, a person has yaqeen, certainty, on this fact. وَالْيَقِينَ هُوَ تَمَامُ الْعِلْمُ وَكَمَالِهِ And this certainty, it arises from having complete knowledge. The first condition, have your absolute knowledge of what the shahada is, what it means, what tawheed is, worship of Allah alone, you understand all of that, it will build for you, you will then have your absolute certainty in it. So that knowledge increases and strengthens and perfects your certainty as well. Allah said about the believers, إِنَّمَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الذين آمنوا بالله ورسوله ثم لم يرتابوا وشاهدوا بأموالهم وأنفسهم في سبيل الله أولئك هم الصادقون that the believers إنما المؤمنون the believers are only those الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا بِاللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ Those who believe in Allah and His Messenger. The believers, Allah says, they are only those, only the ones who believe in Allah and His Messenger, ثُمَّ لَمْ يَرْتَابُوا And then, they do not have any doubts. They believe in Allah and His Messenger, and then there is no room for doubts in them. They are upon certainty in their belief in Allah and the Messenger. Upon certainty in their practice of Islam. Upon certainty of paradise and hell. They know all that with certainty and believe in it with certainty. 
They are the believers. Allah says, the ones who are believers can only be, innama in Arabic means only, restriction. The believers can only be those who believe in Allah and the Messenger and then do not have any doubts. And they strive with their wealth and themselves in the path of Allah. They are the truthful ones. It is also mentioned in Sahih Muslim Hadith of Abu Hurairah radiyallahu anhu qal qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ashhadu an la ilaha illa Allah wa anni Rasulullah la yalqallah bihima abdun ghayru shakkin fihima illa dakhala aljannah in this hadith, the Prophet ﷺ mentioned the shahada that I testify that there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah and that I am the messenger of Allah. He mentioned the shahada and then he said to them, لا يلقى الله بهما عبد غير شاك فيهما إلا دخل الجنة That there is not a servant from the believers who meets Allah, meaning on the day of judgment, having absolute certainty in them, with no doubt in them, in the shahada, except that he will enter paradise. Meaning, a person who has absolute certainty in the shahada, with no doubts in it, when he meets Allah on Yawm Al-Qiyamah in that state, a state of certainty with no doubts, then the hadith says he will enter paradise. The one who has no doubts in his heart, absolute yaqeen and certainty in tawheed, in the worship of Allah alone, in the abandonment of all others besides Allah, has no doubts and meets Allah on the day of judgment like that with certainty, then he will enter paradise. In another hadith, it's a long hadith, but a small section is mentioned here. When the Prophet ﷺ said to Abu Huraira, "Man laqita min wara'i hadha al-ha'iq, yashhadu an la ilaha illa Allah, mustaqinan biha qalbu, fabashirhu bil jannah." That the Prophet ﷺ said to Abu Huraira, "Whoever you meet on the other side of this wall." Whoever you meet on the other side that is testifying to La ilaha illallah is testifying to La ilaha illallah with certainty in his heart, then give him glad tidings of paradise. Whoever you come across testifying to La ilaha illallah with certainty and no doubt in their hearts, then give them glad tidings they are in paradise. So all of these evidences indicate that second point. That second point regarding having yaqeen, having certainty. Because by having that yaqeen and that certainty, it gets rid of any doubts. Al-munafi li ashakki wal-rayb. The third condition. Al-ikhlasu 
Al-Munafi Lishirki Warriya Sincerity which therefore eradicates any showing off or any other type of shirk. That you be upon ikhlas, upon sincerity with regards to your tawheed of Allah. Such that it nullifies and eradicates and gets rid of any shirk or any showing off and anything of that like. So, وشرط الثالث الإخلاص المنافي للشرك والرياء وذلك إنما يكون بتصفية العمل وتنقيته من جميع الشوائب الظاهرة والخفية وذلك بإخلاص النية في جميع العبادات لله وحده How can you achieve this sincerity? You achieve the sincerity by purifying your actions, purifying them and cleansing them from any, any types of issues that may come onto them, any types of uncleanliness from the affairs of showing off and other worldly benefits and gains, get rid of all of that and purify your actions for the sake of Allah alone. And that is apparently and openly and also inwardly from your heart because certain types of shirk, they can't be seen. They are known as the concealed shirk, the hidden shirk, which occurs within the heart of a person. You can't see it. Get rid of that and get rid of the shirk which can be seen apparently as well. Apparent or hidden. Remove it all. Hidden shirk. An example of that is showing off. A person goes into a masjid and starts praying and prays really good, more than what he ever does because there are people there and he knows they're looking at him. So he beautifies his prayer better than he ever does otherwise for the sake of those people who are looking at him. But those people looking at him, are they going to know that he's beautifying his prayer for us? They won't know, they're just looking at him, he's praying. He's just praying like every other Muslim goes into the mosque and prays. How are they going to know which one is showing off, which one isn't? How are they going to know which one is thinking about us and the people here and he's beautifying his prayer for everybody watching him? How can he tell? Can't tell. All these people praying in the mosque, how do you know which one's got that intention in his heart? But maybe one of them has got that intention in his heart. You don't know. That's why it's known as a hidden shirk. It's hidden. You can't tell. Hundreds of people in the mosque, how do you know if this one is showing off or that one is showing off? Or if they're all doing it sincerely for Allah? You don't know. It's a concealed shirk. That's why the scholars, they mentioned, imagine you have two people, they walk into the mosque, and they pray side by side next to each other. Both of them pray exactly the same way. Identical. You can't split them apart. But one of them is rewarded, one of them is not. Because one of them prayed for the sake of Allah purely, the other one prayed for the sake of showing off and people who were looking at him. So even though they both did the exact same action, they prayed identical to each other. When you look at them, they prayed identical. No difference between them. They've done the same act of worship identically. 
One of them will get rewarded, the other one won't. Even though they've done the same exact worship, identical to each other. Because one of them, his intention was sincere and pure for the sake of Allah, the other one was not. It's like the hadith that mentions about an army of people who will come to destroy the Kaaba. And when they get near, the earth will swallow them up. All of that army, all of those people who will come to destroy the Kaaba, the earth will swallow them up. But in the olden days, and nowadays, future days, whenever, when the armies come, Sometimes they can be in their hundreds, in their thousands, and maybe they've come from hundreds of miles away to come and attack some place. They've been traveling in the deserts in the olden days, on donkeys and camels. So some people used to go with the armies for business. A person might travel with the army and just do business with the soldiers for that whole trip. He might take a lot of potatoes with him or whatever it is. And he just goes along, he's not a soldier, nothing. He just goes along with the army just as a tradesperson. That used to happen. And still could occur that they go along and there are certain people who are there not for fighting, not as soldiers. Maybe they've just gone along to do trade with the army. They know this army is going to be out in the desert and traveling for who knows how long. So they take all of their goods in their caravan and they keep traveling with the army like a traveling shop. And they can keep doing business with all the soldiers and making money. Other times, maybe the army goes and sets up camp. Maybe the army goes and sets up camp somewhere. And maybe some locals are close by to that area. They've got nothing to do with the army. Just some locals who are there close by in that area. But in the hadith it says, when the army comes to destroy the Kaaba, all of them are going to be swallowed up by the earth. Including the people who were just there for business, nothing to do with the army, they weren't going to get involved, they were just there for their trade. Maybe even locals who just lived locally, all of them swallowed up by the earth. Even though some of them did not have any intention or do not have any intention to destroy the Kaaba or anything. So Aisha radiallahu anha said to the Prophet ﷺ, what about all of those extra people who had nothing to do with the army? And they all get swallowed up as well. So the Prophet ﷺ said, all of them will get swallowed up. But when they are resurrected, when they are resurrected, they will all be resurrected upon their intentions. So the people who were there innocently, they will be resurrected upon their innocent intention and they won't be punished. But the others who were there with an evil intention to destroy the Kaaba, they will be punished. So that again highlights, you could all be in that same place together, all people in the army together, but some are innocent, they got nothing to do with it. On the day of judgment, they won't be punished, they'll be resurrected upon their intention. They'll be resurrected upon their intentions. And that's why also the Prophet ﷺ said, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَنظُرُ إِلَى سُوَرِكُمْ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't look at your appearances. 
Doesn't look at how you look, what you look like. Doesn't look at your lineage, who your fathers were, who your family is, who your clan is, who your tribe is. Doesn't look at your money or your wealth. Doesn't look at any of those things. وَلَكِنْ يَنْظُرُ إِلَى مَا فِي قُلُوبِكُمْ Allah only looks at what is in your hearts. So here then, the condition being mentioned is sincerity. What is in your heart of sincere, pure intention. You're not doing anything for the sake of the people. You're not doing it to impress this or impress that. You're not doing it to try and get some benefit out of it. You're doing it and practicing this religion purely for the sake of Allah. So the third one is al-ikhlas. And Allah told us in the Qur'an, أَلَا لِلَّهِ الدِّينُ الْخَالِسِ That indeed for Allah is the sincerity of religion. And وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ مُخْلِسِينَ لَهُ الدِّينُ They were not commanded except to worship Allah sincerely. And in the hadith of Abu Hurairah, the Prophet ﷺ said, أَسْعَدُ النَّاسِ بِشَفَاعَةِ مَنْ قَالَ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ خَالِصًا مِّنْ قَلْبِهِ That the happiest of the people, the most overjoyed of the people with my intercession will be those who say لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ sincerely from their hearts. They are the ones who will get the intercession of the Prophet and they'll be happy with the intercession and overjoyed with the intercession they get. Those who say, La ilaha illallah sincerely from their hearts. The fourth condition, As-Sidqu al-Munafi lil-Kathib. Truthfulness which eradicates lying. That you are truthful to yourself in your testification of La ilaha illallah. You are truthful in your heart upon what you say in terms of La ilaha illallah and you believe in that. Unlike the munafiqun, the hypocrites at the time of the Prophet wasallam, for example, they used to say, La ilaha illallah, but did they used to believe in it in their hearts? No. So that's why it's a condition. You must be truthful with what you are saying. Not like the, mush- the munafiqun, saying it, but not truthful in their hearts. And that's why Allah tells us in the Qur'an, إِذَا جَاءَكَ الْمُنَافِقُونَ قَالُوا نَشْهَدُ إِنَّكَ لَرَسُولُ اللَّهِ that when the munafiqun, they used to come to the messenger, they would say, we testify, you are the messenger of Allah. The hypocrites, they used to say to the messenger, we testify, you are the messenger of Allah. Wallahu ya'alamu innaka la rasulah. And Allah knows, indeed, you are the messenger of Allah. Wallahu yashhadu. إِنَّ الْمُنَافِقِينَ لَكَاذِبُونَ And Allah testifies, that those munafiqun are liars. They used to say to the messenger, you are the messenger of Allah. But Allah testifies, they are liars. They never used to believe in that. They never had that truthfulness in their hearts with what they were saying. 
So the fourth condition here is to have that truthfulness in a person's heart for this Tawheed and what you are stating in regards to this Tawheed. In a hadith it mentions, hadith in al-Bukhari and Muslim of Mu'adh ibn Jabal radiyallahu anhu, that the Prophet ﷺ said, مَا مِنْ أَحَدٍ يَشْهَدُ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَأَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا عَبْدُهُ وَرَسُولُهُ صَادِقًا مِنْ قَلْبِهِ إِلَّا حَرَّمَهُ اللَّهُ عَلَى النَّارِ There is not a person who testifies to La ilaha illallah and that Muhammad is the servant and messenger of Allah truthfully from his heart except that Allah will make the hellfire haram for that person. You will not enter the hellfire. The one who says truthfully from his heart the shahada, the shahadatain, then Allah will make the hellfire haram upon that person. You cannot enter the hellfire. The fifth condition Al-Mahabbatu Al-Munafiya Lil-Bughdi Al-Mahabbatu Al-Munafiya Lil-Bughdi Wal-Kurh That you have love Love for Allah Love for His Messenger Love for the religion of Islam Love for the Muslims and the believers who are implementing the religion of Allah. You have love for this religion, for Allah, for the messenger, for the sunnah. This is all needed. How can you be testifying to la ilaha illallah and you have some hatred against the rulings and you don't want to practice this and you don't want to do that and this is haram but you want to do it and you think why is it haram and why has the religion made it haram for me? You don't think in that way. You have to have love Allah wants goodness for the people and what is haram because Allah knows these things are bad for us. And what is halal, Allah knows these things are good for us. So you have love, not that you have hatred or you have some bad feeling about Islam and I have to do this and I have to do that. Not like that. You have your absolute love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, purely love for the Quran, the sunnah, for this religion. Not that you're practicing it, but you've got this heaviness in your heart. I wish I didn't have to do this. I wish I didn't have to do that. Not like that. The true believer loves Allah and his messenger, loves the sunnah, wants to practice and implement it. And if the shaitan comes with those kinds of feelings to you, get rid of them and stop them. And remember that Allah knows what is in your hearts. And Allah tells us that the disbelievers, they didn't do this, they didn't have this pure love for Allah. وَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَنْ يَتَّخِذُ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ أَنْدَادًا يُحِبُّونَهُمْ كَحُبِّ اللَّهِ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَدُّ حُبًّا لِلَّهِ The disbelievers, the mushrikun, they used to take partners alongside Allah and love them as they love Allah. So they didn't love Allah purely. They split their love between Allah and those others. But the believers, Allah tells us, أَشَدُّ حُبًّا لِلَّهِ They are greater in their love for Allah. And one of the meanings of that is because they are pure in their love for Allah. The sixth condition, the final two now, the sixth and the seventh. The sixth condition, الْقَبُولَ الْمُنَافِي لِلرَّدِّ Acceptance. Acceptance. And that is a little bit like 
what we just mentioned, that you have acceptance for the shahada, that it is the truth, and absolutely with your heart, with your tongue, you have absolute acceptance of the shahada, and of this tawheed, and you uh, understand the stories that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned to us, about the people who went by before us, about the nations who went by before us, and what happened to them, and the ones who disobeyed, and how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala destroyed them, and how Allah saved the messengers. So you have acceptance, acceptance of this testimony of Tawheed. And you do not have any form of rejection of it in any way. The seventh and final condition here, Al-Inqiyadu Al-Munafi Lit-Tark. That you submit, submit to La ilaha illallah, submit to it and implement it and do not abandon it and leave it. إِذْ لَا بُدَّ لِقَائِلِ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ أَنْ يَنْقَادَ لِشَرْعِ اللَّهِ وَيُضَعَنَ لِحُكْمِهِ وَيُسْلَمْ وَجْهَهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ إِذْ بِذَلِكَ يَكُونُ مُتَمَسِّكًا بِلَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ That a person who says لا إله إلا الله must submit to the sharia of Allah must submit to the sharia of Allah. How can you be testifying to la ilaha illallah, but you don't practice the sharia? Must submit to the sharia of Allah, and to the laws of Allah, and must uh, submit his face, submit himself to Allah, and in that way, you are then clinging on to la ilaha illallah. And Allah tells us, وَمَنْ يُسْلِمْ وَجْهَهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَهُوَ مُحْسِنٌ Whoever submits his face to Allah, submits himself to Allah, and he is a good doer, then he has clung on to the firm grasp and handhold. He is upon the correct way and the established way. So that is the seventh condition. To submit yourself to the religion and to the practice of the religion. Like we said, when you say, Ashhadu anna Muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh, I testify Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. One of the parts of that was, طَاعَتُهُ فِيمَا amara That you will obey him in everything he commanded us with, and you'll stay away from what he prohibited us from, and that you'll only worship Allah in the way that he taught us upon the sunnah. So this is the seventh condition, submission to it, not abandoning it and not practicing it and leaving it, but rather submitting to it, after making that testification of La ilaha illallah. Those are the seven conditions. فَهَذِهِ هِيَ شُرُوطُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَلَيْسَ الْمُرَادُ مِنْهَا عَدَّ أَلْفَاظِهَا وَحِفْظَهَا فَقَدْ فَكَمْ مِنْ عَامِي اجْتَمَعَتْ فِيهِ وَالْتَزَمَهَا وَلَوْ قِيلَ لَهُ اعْدِدْهَا لَمْ يُحْسِنْ ذَلِكَ this is what the Shaykh mentions at the end. It's not about memorizing that as a list. You could say to many people, tell us the seven conditions, they won't know. But really in practice, in practice they are actually practicing all of them. If you say to them, okay, what about uh, ikhlas? And you explain this, yes, of course, of course, of course. 
You say to them, what about truthfulness? What about this? What about that? You start mentioning all the conditions to them and explaining to them. They will agree with you and everything. Absolutely. That's the way. So in reality, they are practicing all of those conditions and they are upon them. But if you tell them, list them out, maybe they don't know. List what? what? Which what do you mean? Maybe the lists and things people don't know. But in reality, they are practicing them. So it's not just about memorizing those, not just about that. It's about understanding them and practicing them. And many people may be understanding them and practicing them, but they don't understand what you mean by seven conditions and what are the exact lists. But of course, as a student of knowledge, you memorize that as well, on top of understanding and practicing it all. So those are the conditions, and that is where we'll round off on today, those seven conditions of La ilaha illallah. The next time we'll begin with uh, a brief explanation, a brief further explanation of what La ilaha illallah means, and then go on to discussing what kinds of things nullify, invalidate your shahada. What kinds of things are so severe in shirk that they invalidate your shahada? So those are the types of discussions we'll come on to next time, insha'Allah ta'ala. Any questions up to that section? Shirkan? Or shakar rayb? Yeah, there is a difference. The scholars, they mention a slight difference between shak and rayb. Uh, and I believe one of them, I don't remember which way around, but the tafsir of Ibn Kathir, it is mentioned in there right at the beginning, the, when it mentions La Rayba Fihi, discusses the difference between Rayb and Shak, uh, the two words used in Arabic, in English we just say doubt, but one of them has a level of severity that the other one doesn't have, but I don't remember which way around. But you can check right at the beginning in the tafsir of the Quran, it is there. Yeah, that's a negation first, then affirmation, yeah. But the shahada, you don't do it the other way around. That's the way you say it. La ilaha illallah. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah. In some of the ayat. Yeah, yeah, that's possible, yeah, that's possible. There's some ayat where it mentioned, Ya qawmi abudullah, worship Allah. Ma lakum min ilahin ayro. You do not have any other deity. That's okay, it's not a problem, as long as the affirmation and the negation are there. In the shahada, it's the negation and the affirmation. In other ayat, it could be the other way. Hmm. Is, it, is it possible to have sidq and ikhlas without one another? Without one another? So having ikhlas but not being truthful, or being truthful but not having ikhlas, it does not appear to be. It does not appear to be the case that this is something a person would be upon. If they are genuinely truthful then that would indicate that they have at least a level of sincerity. There could be different levels of sincerity, but they have a level of sincerity. You cannot be absolutely truthful, but then have no sincerity at all, which would be major shirk then. So there must be a level of it there, an element of it there, even if it is of different degrees. There is a book, uh, we did it once, uh, The Conditions of La Ilaha Illallah, Sheikh Ubaid's Explanation. In about eight lessons, today we've summarized everything into one lesson. There was a time a few years ago, we did these seven conditions, one per lesson. Maybe eight lectures altogether, going through all of them, each one in detail, full one hour session on each one. You can get those recordings, the explanation of La ilaha illallah, the conditions of La ilaha illallah by Sheikh Ubaid al-Jabiri. We did that in English a few years ago.
All right, we'll conclude upon that for today then. Inshallah, resume next week with that next part.